On Wisdom 828, we'll tackle the question of transubstantiation. Don't know what that is? Well, you will if you keep watching. It's Wisdom 828, where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Who are you? Who are so wise? A viewer wrote in with this question. Why do some Christians believe the body and blood are literal? Now the question has to do with the nature of the Lord's Supper or communion celebrated in Christian churches. The technical word for what the questioner asks is transubstantiation. That is, believing that the elements of communion, the bread and the cup of juice or wine, become the actual body and blood of Jesus. Uh, the doctrine of transubstantiation is not held by most Christian denominations, but is the official doctrine of the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church teaches that during every Mass, quote, the bread and the wine become Jesus, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, as one website put it. The terms transubstantiation comes from the world of uh, scholastic study. It attempts to explain how bread and wine can become the body and blood of the Lord without losing their exterior appearance. So how did the Roman Catholic Church come to this doctrine? To answer that, we have to take a trip back to the middle of the 9th century uh, AD uh, when the discussion arose about the nature and the means of the presence of the Lord at communion. A French Benedictine monk by the name of Redbertus uh, wrote a treatise called On the Body and the Blood of the Lord, taking the words of Jesus at the Last Supper in Matthew, Mark, and Luke quite literally, Rebertus uh, taught that the bread and the wine ceased being bread and wine and became the actual body and blood of Christ. Rebertus argued that because Jesus said the bread and the wine were not represented but actually were his body and blood, that when Christians take communion, they are taking the literal body and blood of Jesus. Rebertus didn't have the final word on this teaching because another monk uh, from the same abbey disagreed with him. His name was Retramnus. Uh, and he held that although Christ is truly present in communion, it's not the same presence as his physical body, which he quite obviously observed um, since Jesus is currently sitting at the right hand of God in heaven. This dispute continued for another 300 years, and so the Roman Catholic Church convened the Fourth Lateran Council, uh, so named because it was held at the Lateran Palace in Rome in the year 1215 under the direction of Pope Innocent III to reaffirm Redberta's teaching and reject the other guy. But it was at the Council of Trent held in Trento, Northern Italy, where the Roman Catholic Church officially reaffirmed that position and it still holds today the teaching of transubstantiation. The council met for a total of uh, only four years, but it took over 18 years to complete the purpose of the council. It was during the second period of meetings between the years 1551 and 52 that the council took up the question of transubstantiation and affirmed it once again. The cause for taking up the argument again came with three of the Reformation's most notable leaders, Martin Luther in Germany, John Calvin in Geneva, and Huldrych Zwingli in Switzerland. The Council of Trent meant to, uh, met to absolutely reaffirm the teaching of transubstantiation in response to Lutheran's doctrine of consubstantiation 
Calvin's teaching of Christ's presence in communion and Zwingli's doctrine of the Lord's Supper as a memorial. Still today, the Roman Catholic Church teaches that when the priest consecrates the bread and wine during the Mass, the elements are transformed into the actual body and blood of the Lord. The word transubstantiation is used to explain how this change takes place. Neither element changes in appearance. On the outside, they look the same as they did before consecration. Catholics are taught that the elements still taste the same and they still smell the same. But a mystery takes place. A change takes place on the inside. On the inside, the essence of the bread and the wine lose their breadness and wineness and become Jesus. Trans, in transubstantiation, means change and substantiation means the substance of the elements. And so we have a change in the substance of the elements or transubstantiation. It's not the form of the bread or the wine that change. No change is perceptible. As a Catholic writer put it, quote, what has changed is the essence, the very nature, the substance of the bread and wine. The bread looks like bread on the outside, but on the inside, it's Jesus' actual body. The wine looks like wine on the outside, but the inside, it's the blood of Jesus. Now the same author used an illustration to make his point. He said this, quote, think of the life of a human person. Our exterior dimensions are uh, in constant flux. We all look much different now than when we were born. What remains unchanged is who we are at the core, a distinct human being. With the Eucharist, it's just the opposite. While the outside of the bread and wine, its taste, texture, and appearance don't change, the substance, the essential breadness and wineness does change. It still looks, feels, and tastes like bread and wine, but it has truly become Jesus. Now, just for the record, Martin Luther, the German reformer, had a very different view. His view is referred to as consubstantiation, and that means that Christ is present with or under the bread and wine, but they don't become the actual literal body and blood of Jesus. John Calvin, the French reformer in Geneva, taught that uh, Christ was spiritually present. The elements are symbols or signs with great meaning for the believer. He saw the elements as a means of grace that uh, deliver to the participant the presence of Jesus and his saving benefits. Now, Huldrych Zwingli, the Swiss reformer, he held another view, more common in a variety of evangelical churches. He believed that communion is a memorial. Celebrating the Lord's Supper is to be done in a way that celebrates and remembers his death on behalf of sinners. The elements help us to remember that Christ's body was broken for us and his blood shed on our behalf. And so we have these four different words practiced alongside each other today, presenting different things about the presence of the Lord in communion. All of them arose out of a theological study of debates on the subject transubstantiation, consubstantiation, the presence of the Lord and a memorial. And that's it. So thanks for joining me today. And thanks to Steve Dine behind the camera, who partners with me to make Wisdom 828 fulfill its mission to stamp out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You be of good cheer.